0: This episode of Twip Weddings is brought to you by FreshBooks, the super simple cloud accounting software that's giving thousands of freelancers and small businesses the tools to save time billing and get paid faster. Try it free at freshbooks.com weddings. This week on Twip Weddings, I've got Photo Joseph, a.k.a. Joseph Lanaschke, on the show to talk about apps for wedding photographers. Joseph is here today to talk about the current state of the photo app market and share some lesser-known apps that might be of interest to wedding and portrait photographers. <laughs> And welcome back to another episode of Twip Weddings. As always, my name is Bruce Clark, and this week I've got a, a special guest on the show. I'm joined by the host of Twip Apps, Joseph Lanashke, also known as Photo Joseph. Hey, Joseph.
1: Hello, Bruce. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, I'm really happy to have you on this week. Uh, you and I are going to do some chatting about apps uh, for wedding photographers. Now, caveat, you are not a wedding photographer yourself.
1: This is true. I have shot However, them every once in a while, always for friends so, and family, uh, but that's it. <laughs> excellent.
0: Excellent. So, but you know a lot about photography, a lot about apps. I do, I do. And have got a whole show dedicated just to apps, so we're going to talk about apps, um, you know, from some of the well-known apps, like we all know Instagram and Visco and some of those, or, you know, we're going to also talk about some of the lesser-known apps that wedding photographers might find beneficial to add to their library. Yeah,
1: I've definitely um, like, got a few that we've covered on the uh, Twip apps that I think your audience is going to love. So I look forward to getting cool. into those.
0: Looking looking forward to it. Awesome. But before we kind of get into that, we just want to remind our uh, audience how you can participate in the show. Uh, several different ways you can interact. Uh, first, you can visit the website. Uh, just head over to thisweekinphoto.com. Uh, look for our show under weddings. Uh, you'll also find Joseph's show there under the uh, apps uh, show. Um You'll find show notes for each of our episodes, and it'll contain links to everything that we mentioned. So I know Joseph's going to mention a lot of great apps, uh, and we'll link to all the apps that he talks about uh, on the show there. Uh, If you have a question or if you have a suggestion uh, of a topic that you'd like us to cover on a future episode, uh, you can use the Contact Us link at the top of the page to send us your feedback. Uh, Just make sure you select Twip Weddings uh, from the drop-down list uh, so that it gets into our show. Otherwise, it might go to some other show, and who knows? They might answer it. But...
1: <laughs> you, <laughs> you might not get the it. answer you were looking for, though. Um, <laughs> the answer you were looking
0: for. So, yeah. um, and if you prefer using social media, just add the hashtag TwipWed, and we'll periodically scour the internet for those posts. Uh, we've also got an Instagram uh, account, so you can follow us on Instagram at TwipWed. And we've also got a Facebook group, uh, facebook.com. Uh, just search for TwipWed. On there, and we got a pretty active group. Lots of people in there posting uh, questions and sharing their work with us, and all kinds of good stuff. So, lots of ways
1: you can interact with us. So, you know, I didn't know that you had a dedicated Facebook page we for do. your Twip show. I think we, I need that. I must yeah. have that. You must have that. I must have that. that. I should get that. <laughs> hmm, I'll have you to should talk to that. the, yeah, no, to the boss man.
0: Yeah, we had a lot of people jump in there, and I think Facebook's kind of one of those like we you always say, oh, you don't want to build your you know business on somebody else's you know foundation. But I think sandbox, or Facebook's just kind of where it's where everybody is for the most part. So it really it's kind is of a path of the least resistance for a lot of people. I'm finding, you know, less people are commenting and using comment features on stuff. They're just going to Facebook and they like no, it in one.
1: Yeah, very true. It makes it super easy to share and to comment. One of the things that I've even noticed, if you put a blog post, you just link to a blog post on Facebook, you know, go check out my new blog post, boom. People will often not comment on the blog post, but they'll come back to Facebook and comment there. Yes. Yeah. Which is very interesting. I think probably because they don't have to re-log in. They don't have to, uh, well, just just path of least resistance. Like you said, just hit that back button and there you are and off they go. Yeah, it's just all, it's all kind of there, right? So it really is.
0: Total. T- total. Side note: I watched some a video on Facebook the other day, and it was about um, the app the app market in China, hmm. and particularly an app called Weebo. Weebo.
1: we Yeah. Weebo. Wee- 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 Weebo. It's, yeah. it's
0: totally un- unrelated to photography, but it's sort of down the app strain. And I don't know if you know, they were saying that a lot of the, in China, everything's consolidated into this one app. So it's basically it's Instagram, Facebook, PayPal, Yelp. Everything all in this one app. And they demonstrated, like, if somebody, I think the, the demo they used was like a dog washing. So mm-hmm. people were at home, they saw a dog washing company on Weiboo, they got them to come to their home, they paid them with this app. They did everything through this one app. Right. And they said, that's kind of the, you know, where maybe, uh, you know, North American corporations would love to go. Um, but the scary thing is then just the consolidation of all that data in the hands of one organization.
1: I don't know that it's it's consolidation great. into the hands of one org because it's it, Apple's doing the same thing with Messenger and Facebook's doing the same thing with Facebook Messenger and the idea with the, with Messenger on iOS that is coming, I guess this fall, uh, with iOS ten or whatever the heck it's going to be called, um, that you have many apps within so you can call an Uber from within messenger without having to leave it and facebook's got the exact same thing and it's it's apps within an app it's like a sub app or something like that so i think the data or whatever yeah i think the data is still only with the company that's that's providing the service right but north america but well okay fair enough but it's the whole idea is to try and get you to not leave that app at all if you never have to leave messenger because everything you do is there then that's well at least if they're serving up ads that's to their benefit
0: yeah yeah so it was was just an issue a total tangent but i just remember seeing this the other day and then it was sort of like the power of that in in china particularly where they want to be able to like collect data on its citizens and control information obviously being a a communist society um very it was very interesting and so Mm -hmm. there there was you know some talk of is similar kind of model going to be followed by companies in you know in in north america or or places and, and what could that mean for kind of this or Willian type <laughs> society, right? Where they have all this, all this data. Because then they'd see like where you shop, what you buy, you know, right. where you are, where you go, like everything about you, right?
1: It's just yeah, little, it's uh, the amount of data is staggering. It's a little staggering and a little scary, but
0: we won't go down that. that <laughs> that's that, a that
1: whole one other one topic, topic for a whole other that's show. A
0: whole other topic, but what I wanted to bring you on um, today was to sort of um, specifically look at some of the apps out there that, that uh, might be. Good apps for wedding photographers. Again, we mm-hmm. kind of mentioned at the top of the show. You, you yourself are not a, a wedding photographer. That's not what you do. Right. Um, but you know apps, you know inside and out. So I think you have a pretty good idea of what you know what apps might be good for. Sure. You know for wedding photographers. And I think, like photo apps, they kind of feel or apps in general, they kind of feel like they've been around sort of forever, really. But I think the app market, would you agree, is still it's it's still a pretty new market, right? Like when did the app market when we talk about apps, I guess are we talking your phone apps, your, your your iPad apps? Is that kind of what you think of when you think of an of, of an app?
1: Well, I use the, the term app quite universally because even on on the Mac, you have the Mac App Store, and it's they're right. still called app. We used to call them software or programs, um, but now it's just apps. Everything's apps. an app. Whether you're talking about Photoshop is an app or Instagram, that's only on your phone, is an app. They're all apps. So I use the term quite broadly, uh, in the sense at least of the Twip apps. And and in general, I mean, I I don't know when the last time I said install that program, or let's install this software, it's install the app, it's just app. So it's all the same, whether it's a whether the app does one function, like add a watermark to your image, or does 10,000 functions like Photoshop does. uh, It's still an app.
0: So, So an app is an app is an app.
1: App is an app is an app. And I think that where the market's What's really interesting about the market now is that there are so many apps that do just a couple of functions and do them exceedingly well. And that's a really cool thing to see. And as, as the systems allow us to hand po- photos back and forth between the apps more seamlessly, um, I'm, I'm an iOS user, so I don't really – I don't know how all this works on Android. But at least on iOS, it's quite seamless to hand an app uh, – hand a photo from one app to another to another uh, that allows you to have this larger, all-encompassing system – that you build yourself, basically, that allows you to do the things that you want and not have a bunch of bloatware on there that you don't need. It's, just, right. it's, it's a pretty kind of cool way.
0: Together, your own version of a Swiss Army knife, rather than having some company put forth what their vision of a,
1: of a Swiss Army knife of apps is. is yeah, is precisely. For. It's a good good analogy. I like it.
0: Yeah, excellent. So, for those who aren't familiar with with you and yourself, obviously you've been on Twip a num- you know, for a number of years. Sure. Um, so, if anybody listens to Twip, they've they've probably heard you on there. And then, obviously, you've got your own show, the the Twip Apps mm-hmm. uh, show on the network. So, people maybe have heard you <laughs> there. But for those maybe who haven't. Tell us a little
1: bit about who is who is photo Joseph. Who is photo Joseph? So who is photo I'm a, Joseph? primarily a commercial and portrait photographer, and these days more commercial than portraiture, and that that means not just still photography but video as well. I'm doing a lot more video work lately. So. Um, with some reasonably good-sized clients, which is nice, uh, for example, did a – well, I just got back from a shoot for Panasonic in San Francisco, and we did a shoot earlier this year for Panasonic in New Orleans. That was for the launch of uh, of the GX85 camera, so that was a really cool piece about kind of lifestyle photography in New Orleans using that camera. So that's – a. a Project like that, I act as uh, as director and DP and and just kind of, it's, you know, all encompassing. There's a lot going on. There's a, there's a crew, but it's a fairly small crew. And we put together big video projects like that. Uh, still photography. Most of the commercial work is local. Um, I live in a tiny little town, Ashland, Oregon, and I have a handful of local clients, local businesses that I do their photography. So there's always that. And then portraits as well. Um, I kind of shied away from doing the simple portraits because it's just, it's not enough money in it. Unless you're doing a lot of them, you're acting like a factory, and I just – I'm not set up for that. So I go for a much higher-end portraiture. Uh, Actually, something that was inspired by WPPI, uh, an event that I know many of your guests will have attended or will want to attend at some point, the Wedding and Portrait Photographers – Wedding and Portrait Photographers International, right? That's what it stands for. WPPA, yeah., yeah. Uh, that event in Las Vegas. And uh, where one of your own was talking about building a side business from your wedding business, doing portraits and doing these really high-end portraits and treating them almost like a like an engagement shoot or or a wedding itself and making a big deal out of it. And so that's something mm-hmm. I've started to do where it's an all day affair and we're doing portraits where we're going all over town wherever you want to go, and charging appropriately for it. So this isn't, right. isn't a couple hundred dollars headshot. It's a couple thousand dollar experience. And, yeah. uh, and that's been, that's been really interesting to work on. It's still something we're building and playing with, but it's an interesting interesting
0: me. I like that. That might mm-hmm. be a side topic that we can have you back on to talk more about, because I think, yeah, there's a lot of wedding, you know, of photographers out there that particularly if they're in an area like where we, where I live, I'm up in Edmonton, Alberta, and it's, you know, it's wedding season's very seasonal. Right. right, So we're busy for maybe five or six months of the year where it's, where it's you know, that's kind of peak wedding season. Mm-hmm. And then outside of that, it's quieter on the wedding season. So you do, you know, have to find other sources of income and ways to kind of smooth out the the highs and the lows of right. the seasonalities and weddings, right? So having that portrait business, um, you know, I balance it out with cor- with some corporate stuff myself. But I like mm-hmm. that idea of kind of more of that portrait experience as opposed to just coming in for the, you know, the couple hundred dollar headshot type thing, which is Right. They're great, but you got to do a lot of them to make it
1: to make you know, it profitable. To make it yeah. profitable, right? So yeah, absolutely, and especially if you don't have your studio already set up for it, so if you have to do a setup and tear down for a you know, couple hundred dollar headshot, it very quickly that becomes just a waste of time. Yeah, it's not fun at all. Yeah, so yeah I mean I don't know if it. Sorry. Dipping, it's a commodity, right? And, yeah. Yeah. And I'm not, I mean, there's so many photographers in this town that will do $100 headshots. I'm not, I'm not about to do a $100 headshot. That is just not yeah. my market. Yeah. So yeah. I have no interest. Yeah. Yeah. But it it is an interesting topic. And I'm, I don't know if it's really enough for a whole show, at least coming from me, because it's not my thing. It's not my my full-time profession, but certainly just to set up that side business and to, to approach it more like the engagement shoot. It's an experience. It's not just you, it's you and your family, you and your, you know, whoever you want, you and your pets, whoever you want to be involved. And the way, excuse me, the way that I set it up is I charge either a half day or a full day. Those are your options. And we, during that time, we go anywhere you want. You can change outfits as many times as you want. Basically you, you have me for the day. Um, we yep. can shoot in my studio, we can shoot in your home, we can go to the park, we can spend three quarters of that day driving to a location because that's what you want to do. I don't care. A lot of portraits are, oh, you get three outfit changes in two locations. It's like, I just, I mean, that is just stupid. I hate that idea. Then it's the, oh, well, I really wanted to try this other outfit on. Nope, sorry. You've already hit your yeah, three sorry, outfit
0: you're, limit. Yeah, you're, you're at your three outfit limit. And yeah, exactly. yeah
1: I and mean, that's just, that's just silly. And you charge enough to make it where, you know, if you run an hour over, who cares? You're making yeah. enough; it's fine. You're you're there to treat the client, um, treat the client right. So, yeah, it's a it's, it's a fun approach to it. Sake. Yeah, it's yeah. like and I call it that experiential portraiture. Yeah, that's awesome. That's good. Yeah. So there you so go. So how
0: did you become, photo Joseph and the and the and the apps expert? How did that all? Uh, how did that all come about? Because you used to be the aperture expert. That's right. So for those yep. uh, those in the audience who are old enough to remember old enough <laughs> a little program <laughs> a little program you may have heard of called Apple called
1: Aperture. Call aperture. Uh, yeah, so I used yeah. to work at Apple. And while I was at Apple, we, we launched, I was on the, the apps department, pro apps, what was called it was in pro apps, um, originally working with final cut pro. And then once photography apps started to come out, we, um, we launched iPhoto and at the launch of iPhoto, there were a few of us that saw that and said, Ooh, we really need a pro version of that. And so that we pushed and pushed. And after a number of years, then aperture came into being and, um, and I was key on aperture. I was on the aperture team working on aperture, um, quite a lot over the several years that I was there. I left in 2009 and just what, I guess it's been two years now or God, it's been three. When, how long ago did they kill Aperture? Whatever it's been depressing. It's been a, few, it's um, been a couple of years now. It's been a couple yeah. years at least. Yeah. Two, maybe yeah. three um, since Aperture was got the kibosh put on it. And since then, so the website that I was running after I left Apple was Aperture expert. And it was all about, obviously all about Aperture doing training and so on in Aperture. Um, once it got killed, the app needed to find a new focus. And so now it's, it, it took a while to figure out what it was going to be, but it is now photoapps.expert. And so it's okay, all about, cool. it's all about the photo apps.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Good stuff. <laughs> excellent. My it's dad disappeared and he's yeah, <laughs> he's what my dad looked like. He's now, he's now part of the show. <laughs> so, um,
1: so yeah, so on the, on the website, we talk about, uh, as I was saying before, an app can be anything and that's, we focus on photography-related apps. So it can be uh, much like the Twip Apps podcast. It can be any app. It can be on your iOS uh, device. It can be an Android app. It can be a Windows app, a Mac app. It can be cross-platform. It can be whatever. And we do a series of tips on apps. And a tip might be just a kind of all-encompassing large look at an app, or it might be a very specific, here's how to do X using Lightroom or Photoshop or Capture One or whatever it might be. Okay. And uh, so yeah, we try to get said. a few tips out a week. Um, doesn't always happen, but try to do three a week. And, uh, And, yeah, just to get them out there. We do video tips as well on there. Uh, I do something called live training, which the current live training series I'm working on right now is Lightroom for Aperture users. So being that obviously I was an Aperture user, now I'm using Lightroom and I'm trying to train on Lightroom from an Aperture perspective. This is how you used to do it in Aperture. Here's how you do the same thing in Lightroom. Or here's what you can do in Lightroom you couldn't do before. Here's You can't do this, so here's the workaround and, and so on.
0: Yeah, so that's valuable for anybody that's in that Aperture space because there's probably still people who are still using Aperture. Like Aperture didn't Absolutely. stop working all of a sudden, right? It still right. works. People can still run it, and there're probably people, you know, because changing your whole workflow and switching to a different application, that's a, you know, it's a lot. It can be a lot of work, particularly if it is if it's your busy season. It's typically not the time you want to be trying to change the oil in your car while it's driving down the highway, right? So, right. Um, you know, they might do that something. So having that knowledge, right, to be able to help people transition. Them. How have you found the the mover? Is that do you now use Lightroom as your primary?
1: I do. I do. And software? I'll 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 tell your, your listeners what I tell all of my listeners um and viewers that when it comes to the transition, unless you have a really, really, really good compelling reason to don't take your existing apture library and migrate it over to Lightroom or Capture One or anything else. Just don't bother because that migration is not going to be seamless. There's just no two ways about it. It is not going to be seamless. As you pointed out, Aperture still works, but it's no longer in development. At some point, it will stop working. But for right. now, it still works, and even on macOS Sierra coming out this fall, uh, we have confirmation that it still works there as well. So we now, yeah, we've got another year of of use in it. Okay. but chances are you want the new features, you want the things that are in Lightroom or Capture One or whatever app you're using, because there's a lot of really, really amazing features in there that never made it into Aperture because it obviously they stopped developing it so long ago. Yeah. So what I tell people is. Start fresh. Just start a brand new library uh, catalog in the case of, Ap- of Lightroom, and start clean. Keep your other old stuff in Aperture, and when you need to get to an old picture, just launch Aperture and get to it. At some point in the future, yes, Aperture is likely to stop working, and when that point comes, then you can make a decision. And you have to remember that just because the OS is updated, and let's say, uh, so what is it, what's coming out? Mac OS Sierra is coming out next. macOS whatever is going to come out after that. Whatever. Let's say with yes. let's say whatever comes out next kills Aperture. No one told you you had to upgrade your OS, right? If yep. you keep a system with Mac OS Sierra on it and running Aperture, that system will run as long as the hardware is physically capable of running. So yep. you can always go back and get to it. And at some point, you never know, at some point, there might be a better way to transition. Like right now, you can transition your Aperture library over to Photos, and all of everything comes along with it. All your adjustments, all your metadata, everything's there. The problem is that Photos is so basic that you can't get to a lot of it. You can't see the metadata that's actually in there. You can't readjust many of the adjustments that are in there because the tools simply don't exist. But who Uh knows? Maybe they will one day. We just don't know what's going to happen with photos. So, yes, that's my advice. Leave it in Aperture. Leave that system running. Build a new library. Start over in a new app. um, That will give you a chance to learn while you don't have 100,000 photos to contend with. And, uh, and build up from there. And then, you know, if you decide you don't like whatever app you chose, there's other apps that you can pick and choose and try those out as well.
0: Yeah, I'm hearing a lot about uh, Capture One uh, yeah. these days. I'm really starting to see more and more photographers at least take it out for a test drive and, and you know, see what it's like. Because they either are finding, you know, finding – for me, like I'm an, I'm a Lightroom user. I use Lightroom. But I'm finding this, you know, I just want it to be faster. I mean, it's yeah. it's just – Oh, I wish they could just do. They keep adding some of these things in there that I, I don't, I don't need as a as a working wedding photographer. Mm-hmm. I don't need now. They're probably great things for some people. I don't need a map thing in you know in my right. I don't need the faces feature. Like mm-hmm. I don't need any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I want it to be fast, and I would need
1: it to be fast. <laughs> that's, that's what I need it to be. I need it to so be fast. if if I'm understanding what you're saying is. You need it to be fast.
0: I think I'd like it to be fast. Yeah, that's that's where I'd love to see them. But I know that that stuff, even though it's it helps us, it's not sexy. It doesn't sell the software. So they need the you know, they need the bells and the whistles. Right. You need the bullet
1: points. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Just saying, oh, it's the next version is faster. It's not not enough. it's not a very sexy marketing point, right? Yeah.
1: So. Well, however, that's while that is absolutely true, the fact that now most people are buying it as part of a Creative Cloud subscription, they no longer have to sell you on the upgrade. They just add features as it goes. So I that's think true. there's less necessity to add sizzle when you can just get to the meat of it and speed things up a little bit. So you know, yeah. that would certainly be good. Um, yeah, sure. Capture One is definitely gaining in popularity, and um, I think a lot of Aperture users are liking it because it does look and feel a lot more like Aperture than Lightroom did and they have an an importer that is far better than Lightroom's importer. So if you if you do have to take your aperture library into it, if you for whatever reason you have to or you want to, um, it's it works uh, much much better. You get a lot more out of it when you do it in um, in Capture One. But oh, there's okay. also there's more stuff coming. You know, I mean, I know some I know of at least 3 companies that are working on apps that they hope will replace Aperture, things to compete directly with Lightroom, Capture One and the defunct Aperture. So Okay. And these are things that will be coming out over the next year to two years. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen? Some of these might be the Holy Grail app that we've all been waiting for. um, And they might fall flat on their face as well.
0: Yeah. Like On One seems to be really kind of pushing in that direction, right?
1: Right. They are. They've been talking about it. um, Haven't seen anything yet. And uh, so hopefully that's going to be as exciting as they're saying it's going to be. But time will tell.
0: Yeah, they're sort of looks like they're moving towards raw processing and all right. of that. They were for a long time they were more of just a plug in, right? That plugged into Photoshop or plugged into Lightroom or what have you and it was more for image enhancement or creative effects and things. Right. Whereas now it's, you know, they seem to be moving towards wanting to have a full, you know, suite of tools for doing them, the raw processing and the yep. and the you know, the cataloging and all that kind of stuff, right? So Yep, absolutely. So we'll see what happens. See what happens in that in that front. So, um, so let's talk about some some apps. What are some yeah. of your favorite apps? Let's start with, let's start with the desktop, and then let's work our way out to mobile because I think okay. those are really kind of sort of two different realms in some ways. I know there's some that there are a lot try to they try to work t- together, right? So like Lightroom, for example, has the desktop, but then there's obviously some Lightroom mobile apps sure, that sort sure. of work together, right? But let's let's talk about just sort of dedicated kind of desktop app, desktop sure. app for what Android Yeah, Android
1: absolutely. Android. So what I'm going to do is because obviously your users know the, the basic ones, the lightrooms and the Photoshop and that sort of thing. So sure. I'm flipping through my list of uh, apps that we've done shows on, on the Twip app show. So that this way I can reference it and people can actually, if they want to learn more about it, they got a whole episode they can watch about it. Uh, awesome. So I'm going all the way and I'll, I'll since you want to go it, but do it by platform, we'll, uh, we'll jump through that that way. So Twip apps, episode two. So just the, actually we'll start even with the first one as an app called ACDC, which okay. has been around forever. It's a photo mm-hmm. editor that's been around forever. It's primarily, I mean, it's plus platform, but really it's a windows product. The Mac version lags significantly behind the windows version. So for your windows listeners, a uh, windows user listeners, ACDC, it's pretty impressive. When well, I watched the demo that we're in the Twip app show, we do a, a live demo. So this the format of the show is me and the developer or someone representative of the company and they actually demo their app and so the users can see it. So it's a video podcast. Okay. And it was a really impressive app. Just the the way they did brushing and layering and um the kind of effects that they had built into it was quite impressive so i watched the whole thing and i mean watch the demo with the guy and went, wow this is great i can't wait to put this on the mac and he's like yeah well the mac version is enough of this this that or the other thing mm-hmm. no okay well so it really is a, a windows product uh, but for any windows user out there uh, acdc is definitely worth looking into so it'd be kind of a photoshop replacement or add on to photoshop uh, but it is a very robust editor that's worth looking at for sure
0: yeah i remember seeing it years ago and i think it used to be almost it was like a freeware that came when you, you know, Windows PCs or something like that. or it was, Right. Now, is it, a photo, is it a photo editing tool? Is it a photo <laughs> management tool? Or is it... Editing.
1: editing. It's editing. Okay. Yeah. So it
0: doesn't do the cataloging and the...
1: It has a, a degree of that, but um, it is... Uh, that's not their strong point.
0: Okay. So it's so. primarily for, for image editing.
1: Right. Primarily for image editing. Okay. So then, uh, let's see here. Then on episode two, we talked about Perfectly Clear. And Perfectly Clear is both an app and a plugin. And it also lives on iOS. Um, I don't know if it lives on Android, but it's all about retouching. And I know that they're retouching faces. And I know that there are so many apps out there that do facial retouching and they market themselves towards people like your audience, the wedding photographer. Oh, you've got to retouch the bride's face and make her look perfect. And with this app, it's easy. And all of those apps that I've ever played with go so far overboard. You end up with a Barbie doll, not with a bride. And to make it look realistic, you have to fiddle with everything so much and scale it back so much that by the time you're done, you go, well, "I could have done this just as fast in Photoshop, right. which I already have." Yeah, so this exactly. is silly. Yeah, um, yeah I've seen with, some of those apps. Yeah, perfectly clear. I felt that it was it was a good balance there. You could, you absolutely can push it into the Barbie doll territory. Mm -hmm. But by default, it gives a very believable, very realistic enhancement, doing things like whitening teeth and brightening eyes and getting rid of dark rings under eyes and smoothing skin. And it does it at a degree by default that is believable, that is acceptable, that is not overdone. Mm -hmm. So that's something like plastic
0: Barbie dolls. Yeah, I had a chance to see, check out their booth at WPPI this past year. And uh, we interviewed them and spoke with them and Mm. and got a chance. They gave me a a trial of their product and had a chance to kind of try it out. And it was really, really impressive. And what I uh, really liked about their product, and I'm probably taking some of your thunder there, but what I really liked about the product was you could do this to one photo and then it had this intelligent facial recognition that then you could take and apply that and it would find the face and the eyes and the mouth and everything and you could do it in batch. So if you had a wedding and you needed to retouch a a pimple out of the bride's face, you could retouch it in one photo, and it would actually find that pimple in all the other faces, no matter where their face was, and yep. and, and 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 do it. So that to me was really really cool because I hadn't seen ones that were able to do it kind of on, on you know in a batch and do a decent job of it, right?
1: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's great. It's definitely a good tool. So anyone who does a lot of facial retouching, it's uh, it's worth checking out. Cool. Perfect absolutely. So let's see. Here's another one. Uh, this was episode five. This is an app called Polar. P O L A R R. And Polar is a all-encompassing photo editing app with curves and layers, and, not layers, sorry, curves and um, uh, gradients, gradient adjustments that lives both on the Mac and on iOS. And it's a virtually identical app on both sides. And that's pretty cool. It's it's a pretty robust editor and it came out first on iOS. And it was it's really impressive what you can do in there, especially with the gradients. And for as a Lightroom user now, that's one of the features that is in Lightroom that wasn't in Aperture that I love the most, the ability to do gradients as far as whether you're just going to darken a sky or I use the radial gradients as uh, dodging and burning instead of brushing it in. I'll often use those because I think it just it works very well. It's very quick. And I finally I could do that with Polar on iOS, and now you got Polar on the desktop as well, and it does the same thing. And that, cool. So that's a really cool one i
0: remember hearing about that program but i never really checked it out so
1: yeah it's it's definitely worth checking out now a lot, like something like this if you're a a, a a very adept photoshop user then there's probably not a whole lot of sense in, in using polar because it doesn't polar doesn't do as much as photoshop of course and if you already use photoshop inside and out then you know there's probably no point in looking at it but yeah. if you aren't a photoshop user or you're not paying the 55 bucks a month or whatever it is for the creative cloud and you're looking for something more affordable that does a lot of these basic adjustments Polar is a great one, and I really like the UI on it. That's a that's a pretty cool app to use. Very
0: cool. Now, is that a is that a app that you download and install, or is it a cloud-based? Because I know no, that it's, there's it's This move towards this cloud-based stuff too, right? Like cloud-based apps where yeah, I don't know for photos. An app, but...
1: Yeah, for anything photo-related, I I have no interest in trying to do cloud-based. It's just just too much moving files back and forth. And, yeah, you know, I want to yeah. work with big full resolution tiffs and raw files and yeah no that's it's got to yep. be on your desktop so
0: that's you good. it's got to live on the desktop or on the on the IO you know on the mobile device yep. yeah
1: yeah i think that's uh i think that's fair yep. um all right let's see here another one um twip apps episode six we talked about dxo optics pro 11 that was just a big upgrade to optics pro and one of the features that i know your users would like is there's a um let's see if I, it's not the denoising now, now that i've said that i'm realizing i forget what the tool is actually called um a oh, crap. I'll try to remember the name of it. Maybe I'll get it fired up and look. But if you go into the negative, it does a skin smoothing that's really nice. It's Ooh, a very man. believable, very subtle skin smoothing that uh, just take out those larger pores, take out the finer wrinkles um, that yeah. can look quite nice.
0: And so, that's the DxO
1: Optic. Optics Pro. Yeah. DxO Pro. Optics Pro. Yeah. Op- okay. DxO, of course, been around for quite a while. Um, I mean, this is at version 11, so obviously it's been uh, it's been there for a bit. And, uh, oh, great. And I only have the old version installed on my laptop. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Style in there. Um, So I can't even look it up here. But uh, how
0: do you keep up with all these apps? Because they're constantly like new versions and things are changing.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. And and we we try to um, at least now the the Twip app show is quite young. Still, we are only I think we released episode 11 recently. So we're still quite young. So we don't need to hit an an app just because there's a version update at this point there's plenty of apps that we've not talked about before to choose from but optics pro 11 was a big update plus their client and a friend and so we decided to bring them on and do that um, and i even on that episode i kind of preface it by saying this is a little bit biased because i do work for these guys they're friends the guy uh, the head of marketing there is actually my old boss from apple so there's a big personal connection uh, but it's a it's a genuinely really cool app that does some pretty remarkable stuff so um, denoising is its its biggest like most incredible feature if you've got a noisy photo uh you shot something at 64 billion iso or whatever the heck your nikon shoots at these days uh the denoising tool in Optics Pro are, are fantastic. And I've used a lot of different ones, and it's it feels like it's the best one out there.
0: So is Optics Pro one of those apps that's really good at certain vertical things? As you mentioned off the top, sort of you have your Swiss Army knife programs, and then you have your programs that are just really good at doing one or two specific tasks. Would that be like perfectly clear is obviously a good example of like right. the retouching? Would this be one where it's they have some very specific
1: yeah. uh, tools? Yes. And well, yes and no. And yes, in the sense of they have a few things that they're very, very good at, like the denoising. That's a real strong point. But no, in the sense that, that it does have pretty much all your tools, you have your levels and saturation and curves, and you've got all those things in there as well. So you could use it as your primary editor, like a Photoshop. Um, or you can use it as a plugin, and it acts as a plugin for Lightroom. So what I'll, the way I use it is for those very specific things, because I'm in Lightroom, and I've got an image that I just it's so noisy, I need to do more than what I can do in Lightroom, or do better than what I can do in Lightroom. And I'm willing to take the time to do it, instead of just dragging a slider in Lightroom and saying, good enough, no, I'm willing to take the time to really push it. So I'll take it into there and, and push it. So there's a few different features that they have that are worth taking that extra time to, to make that extra step to go from Lightroom out and it's a very clean round trip process the way the whole thing works so it makes a great add on to your lightroom toolkit uh or it's just it is a very good standalone if uh, if that's all you're using cool yeah excellent that's a good one all righty let's see here um, another one that's both on ios and the desktop is prime p-r-i-i-m-e Kind of like polar, they just said took a word and added an extra letter to it. And yeah, to remove there.
0: remove a vowel and just go all consonants. <laughs> and there you go. Do, right,
1: right. I you got to get those. They can get available. I think well, that's, that's true. That's yeah. true. So Prime is another one that started as iOS, but now is on the desktop as well. And Prime is it's probably my favorite go to for a quick look. Uh, this is not an editor. This is not. I'm going to go in and dodge and burn and, and change the shadows. Not this is kind of a one touch instagram style looks however the looks are much more involved much more in depth than what you get out of instagram and there's a lot more to choose from and the way that this company works is they they work with photographers real working professional photographers not the guy who's got a camera on weekends you know it's not gwc this is a real photographers and they spend um, a considerable amount of time with them working through what their look is finding their defined look or couple of looks they might have, but their defined look. And then we're basically reverse engineering their look so that they can apply that with their own software with a single tap. And Ooh. so it's, as you can imagine it's a lot of trial and error and trying to figure out exactly how to develop this look. And what is your look? Is it, okay, your shadows are lifted and your highlights are blown out and your, uh, your reds are desaturated and your greens are super saturated. Okay. Well that's easy to figure out, but it's more to it than that. And figuring out how to really involve that photographer's look into a preset that that can then be applied to a wide range of photos is certainly a challenge and but that's what they do so they do that and they come up with these one tap looks and when you the app is free on ios it comes with a few looks and then you can buy packs of i think maybe for ten dollars you can get everything else and they now have the app on the mac as well and they're it costs more upfront because, uh, but it includes all the looks. You can't. There's no in-app purchase on the Mac uh, uh, see, on the okay. Mac app, Perfect. so they have it. You know, it was an all-or-nothing. Yep. So you get it all there, but you get these one-tap looks. And one of the neat things about the app is when you first load up a photo, it will evaluate the photo and recommend an adjustment, recommend a look for it. Mm, and interesting. Honestly, probably nine out of ten times, one of the first three that it's recommended. I go. Oh yeah, that's awesome. That's perfect. Hmm. Uh, so it's yeah, not. I've
0: seen presets before where you go and you they show examples and then you and then you go and apply those presets to your own images and you're like, oh, it, just, uh, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't work. Doesn't even look. Yeah, it doesn't work, right? So.
1: Right. No. This one, you pull it up and you see immediately. So let's say you bring up a well, a portrait. You, you're a wedding photographer. You shot a wedding portrait. You've got your bride and groom. Uh, I don't know in front of the seaside, and you pull it up and it looks at the picture. It it requires an internet connection for this to work and it's sending a very small but very specific amount of data back and forth to their servers. And we had a whole discussion on this on Twip about privacy and how this all works. But they're not sending the picture, they're sending information about the dynamic range, about the color palette, and a few other things about the photo and sending that. And based off of that, it's not based off of, oh, it's a bride, It might. It might want this preset. Uh, It doesn't know that it's a bride. It knows that it's got a lot of white and a lot of blue and, um, you know, very high dynamic range or whatever else the picture has. And it recommends based off of that. And so it's... Very scientific. very, very scientific. Yeah, yep. yeah. It's just it's pure algorithm, and so that data gets sent to their servers, which then process it and recommends a couple of filters. Comes back, but it, this happens in instantly, virtually yep. instantly, uh, and and you get these recommended looks, and you tap through them, and and maybe you love them, maybe you don't. But you, like I said, probably nine out of ten times, one of those first three, I'm going, oh yeah, that's cool. That's a great look.
0: Cool. Any any photographers uh, people might recognize names. Um... Whose um, looks that are that are in Prime. No,
1: not that. Uh, not that I recognize going through it. Yeah, no. cool.
0: But excellent. Yeah. That's that's a good one to to, uh, to check out for sure. I'd heard of Prime, and I'd heard of the whole kind of the with the presets and and that, but I hadn't. Uh, it was one of those. Again, these things keep coming up and popping up, and it's it's hard to keep up. That's why you're is so great because it keeps. Yeah. it's a great way to keep up with what's going on with these things. So
1: that's the basic idea. So that is that's the extent of the desktop apps that uh, that we've hit. A lot of the ones that are coming in have been uh, iOS mobile based. So that's the extent of the uh, the desktop ones that we've got to talk about from the Twip Apps show.
0: Okay. So let's talk about mobile because I think mobile's, you know, it's an emerging space like if we go back and look at the whole app ecosystem right before the iPhone, like when the first iPhone came out, which was what now? How, how long ago did the first iPhone well, come
1: out? nine years, because next year is going to be the 10-year anniversary.
0: So so nine years ago, when the first iPhone came out, there actually wasn't an app store. Correct. Right. So the app store didn't come around until was it the second version mm-hmm. of the iPhone? I
1: think it was maybe more than that. I think it was probably third, because it was... was it third? I mean, it was, yeah, it was time. Well, obviously it was with the OS, not the, uh, not the device itself, but right. I think it might have been the third. It took a while.
0: Yeah, so the app the idea of a, these an app store and apps on a mobile device is something that's really rea- still relatively new, right? Like it's probably 6-7 seven years 7 sure, we years can old. Call it
1: that. Sure. Yeah. Call it that. Somewhere, somewhere. Billions <laughs> have been made. <laughs>
0: billions have been made. And billions of apps have probably been made too, right? Um, I mean there's just so many apps that are out there now. I remember when it first launched there was only so many and if you got in on that game really early you had a you know, pretty good opportunity to make a lot of money.
1: Do you think yeah. that's still
0: the case for oh, mobile yeah. app developers?
1: Yeah, it's oh, 100%. Still, it's I harder. Mean, it's
0: Pokemon Go is a good, perfect case, case example. Right. But
1: right, except apparently they're not making a lot of money. Uh, no, it, it's, it absolutely is still an incredible opportunity, and it's now it's not about just making it. You have to make something that is spectacular, but then getting it noticed. That's obviously the hardest part, getting that app noticed so that people see it and download it. Is, right. Yeah, best app in the world. If it just sits there, and nobody buys it. Not going to make any money. Yeah.
0: So, what are some mobile apps that you've seen come along that maybe are, are fit into that category? That they're just they're amazing at what they do, but they're just not very well known. Everybody knows Instagram, and I sure. think everybody knows VS. You know, VSco, Visco. And yeah. Probably Snapseed. Sure. Some of those, right? But what are some other ones that you've come across that maybe are better than those apps, but just don't have the that cache, that name.
1: Sure, no, absolutely, and, and better is a is a big word, obviously, because it's it's that's all very subjective. Uh, you sure. know, a lot of the apps that we've already talked about, they do very much of the same thing. But do does that UI resonate with you? Do you like the way the app works? Do you like the final output? Does the look sit with what you want it to look like? Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just you know, you might you look at an app, you go, it's got a great curves tool, but I just don't like the way that it handles curves. Curves is not a defined black and white thing curves is very much algorithmic and depends on how the engineer codes it so you may wa- love the way curves works in one tool and hate it in another right. um, so that's yeah it's, it's very subjective but uh but to go through the apps and again we've got a list of apps that we've looked at on the show um like here's one that's uh it, it's this is very small it's a two-man company that did it and uh i don't know you know, financially how they're doing. I don't know if they've been selling millions of them or just a few, but it's a really cool app. And this one was called Preset. Very generic name, which makes it a bit harder to find. But again, this uh, is something will be linked in our show notes. So Twip, this is Twip Apps episode three. And it's called Preset. And basically the idea is that you build a preset that is based off of things like curves and color filters and shadow adjustments and so on. And you go in and you create all these adjustments and then save it as a preset. Much like you would save a preset in Lightroom that you can then apply to a photo. But you can... Create your own presets, and this is on your iOS device, and then apply them to photos in batches or even turn on the preset and then flip through your whole library and see all of your photos with that preset applied without actually applying it. So it makes it very quick and easy to browse through and and see where this preset works.
0: Pre-visualize what it would look like.
1: Yeah, exactly, cool. exactly. So that's a pretty cool little app. Um, not the, the greatest UI in the world, but it is a fun little app that definitely uh, you know, gets, gets the job done. If you want to create something that's your own, you don't want to use somebody else's look. You want to do something completely from scratch, but repeat it, be able to save that look and apply it over and over again. It's a great tool for that.
0: Oh, that's cool. And is there a, like a marketplace where photographers can like sell their presets and things, or is that?
1: I don't think so. That was quite a while ago we recorded that. I'm looking at my own description of it but I don't believe that you can I think it's really more for personal use I I could be wrong in that though I could be wrong don't quote me on that cool that's called preset preset there you go yeah that was episode 3
0: P-R-E-S-E-T or is it yeah
1: spelled like normal which is why it's so hard to find I know you type in preset and there's gonna be a billion different things that are gonna come up yeah but yeah the app is just called preset Cool. Uh, all right, here's one that was particularly cool. And this is an iOS app that is, has nothing to do with photography itself, but is useful for photographers. And this one's called Zither, Z-I-T-H-E-R. And this we covered on episode four. And Zither is all about organizing your gear, keeping track of your camera gear, keeping track of your serial numbers, locating user manuals for them of just with one tap on there. It'll find the user manual for that lens or flash or camera body, whatever. And one of the big things about it is it keeps track of your warranty. So if you – let's say you buy a brand-new camera today and it's got a two-year warranty, right? So you punch all this in and it's really easy. With the app, you scan the barcode on the box of your new camera and it goes, oh, that's a 5D Mark II and it adds it in and it gets all the specs in there and then you add in the serial number. Um, it might even pull the serial number off the barcode. I don't remember. Anyway, yeah. but you get that in there and it knows, okay, the the warranty on this camera is – Two years. I have no idea if that's actually true, but it knows what the right. warranty is. And then it'll tell you, it'll say, hey, in six months, your warranty is going to expire. In three months, your warranty is going to expire. Hey, in 30 mm-hmm. days, your warranty is going to expire. It pops up these reminders so that if you've got one of those, you've got this niggling problem on your camera that you, you know you got to get this thing in for service before your warranty expires, you don't forget. You don't miss that window because, oh, the warranty expired a week ago and now I'm finally ready to send it in. Oh, right, yeah, you have to pay for it. Yeah, you know, you gotta pay for it. So it's just uh, a fantastic tool for to keeping cool. track of. Yeah, your just
0: keeping gear organized and keeping track of the serial numbers and stuff like that, in case anything happens or if you get gear stolen. You know, we hear yep, you know, stories occasionally of wedding photographers that get gear stolen and then being able to find it and track it. I mean, you can always yep. go back into your metadata in your, you know, in your Lightroom or whatever and track that down. But it's yeah, having yeah, an that's just a nightmare. Yeah, Yep. Yeah,
1: and when, when I had them on the show and we were talking about it, one of the features that they didn't have that I asked for, and they, they liked the idea, and so who knows, it may be there by now, I haven't checked it recently, uh, was the ability to generate reports of your gear for exactly that reason. If you get something stolen, all right, I want to have a report of all my lenses, all my stuff, um, not just for the police in that case, but also for your insurance company. Mm-hmm. Like For my insurance company, I need to generate, every year I generate a list of all my gear, serial numbers, value, everything, and... Mm-hmm. I used – long before Zither was available, I've been using a desktop app for this. So I've got quite a large database of everything in the studio, and it's labeled as far as whether it stays in the studio or it's something that goes out because it falls under a different insurance category. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I have the ability to generate those reports, and I can see exactly the value of all the equipment in the studio at any given mm-hmm. time. And so that's something that they was saying they need to put this in there. And again, they may have by now. I haven't checked mm-hmm. it in a while. But, that's a good uh, one, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you gotta keep track of your gear. As soon as you get more than a couple of bodies or a couple lenses, you really wanna keep track of that stuff.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I know it's you know, a lot of wedding photographers you get, you know, in the chaos of a day, you put something down somewhere and it's easy to lose, you know. I hear of wedding photographers all the time that they go come back from wedding and go, I'm missing a flash or something. So I I have a system as to how it all goes back in my bag. Sure. And so that at the end of the night I can quickly kind of visually scan and if if there's a slot open and it's something's it's empty. You know it's missing. Where did I put that?
1: <laughs> yeah. Which is great if it's just a case of where did you put it, but not so great if it's a case of who took it and now and, it's, it's gone. True, yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so now you want that, you want that info to report the, follow, follow the police report and tell your insurance company yeah. that you need some money. Cool. Absolutely. Zither. How do you spell Zither? Z-I-T-H-E-R. Okay. Zither. Okay. Zither. Yeah. Yeah. And that, again, that was episode, what was it? Episode four. OK. Um, all right. Next one. let jump up to episode seven. This is uh, an app called Frippito. And this is going to be a wonderful app for your location wedding photographers, your destination wedding photographers. So if you're okay. going to a city that you've never been to before, especially as a wedding photographer, you need to find great locations to get those those great shots you know you want to take the bride and groom out of if you're if they're paying for you to fly halfway around the world clearly you're going to do more than just shoot the wedding you're going to be shooting a lot of portraits so you want to get them away from just the wedding venue you're going to want to go all over the place and so fripito is an app that allows you to explore destinations but the, everything in there is created by photographers Ooh, so the okay. way that fripito works is they they hire a photographer who's a native of a particular city, let's say Hong Kong. So a known photographer who lives and works in Hong Kong, do they then pay to go out and shoot all these iconic locations, give recommendations on time of day, time of year. These are the things you got to watch out for. This is when you avoid the tourists. This is whatever things you need to know, the secrets about that location to get the best shot. They're all in there. And Very again, cool. they're, they're written by photographers. So it's not a tour guide who's doing mm-hmm. it. It's not, you know, uh, I don't know, whatever. It's not some, it's, it's a photographer who's writing this info for you. That's great. It, so
0: they're, they're a tour guide with a photographer focus basically, right? Yeah, so pretty they, much. They yeah. What they're going. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's it, they're. I don't know how many destinations they have covered already, but of course they're growing all the time, adding more and more to them and yeah, giving, giving photographers the opportunity to really scout out a city before they get there and figure out where they want to go.
0: That's very handy. Cause yeah, definitely if you're doing any kind of destination weddings or going out of where you normally shoot. Obviously, where you know where you normally shoot, you probably know your areas, or you can go out to them and scout them. But it's right. a little you can't exactly scout Hong Kong from you know from Canada, for example, very easily, yeah. right? Right. Apart right. from you know, go on Google Maps and you know, look around, maybe. Yeah, and then
1: then you don't know. You know, you just don't know. You you can you can do the best research on Google Maps in the world. Okay, I can I know this is a cool location because I've seen photos of it. I look at a Google yeah. Maps, I can see the surrounding buildings. Um, I can I can pick out the time of day by using an app that tells me when the sun sets and how it's going to set, and I can figure all that out. But then you get there and you go, oh, there's a power line right in front of me that I oh. had. You couldn't see that before. You couldn't see that from uh, Google Maps. Like, in fact, that's exactly that happened on the shoot that I was on this weekend. We're in San Francisco. We had a film permit to shoot on um, on Lombard, on the windy bit of Lombard.
0: So shoot there,
1: right? So that's awesome. Okay, so our permit allows us to be on Lombard on just that stretch. We can't be across the street shooting. We have to be on that stretch. And we're looking at it going, okay, well, that being on that stretch, we know is not going to get us the shot. So we're looking at surrounding buildings, and we saw a building where from the rooftop would look like it'd be a great shot. So we're talking about, okay, we're going to get there. We're going to go knock on somebody's door, um, pay them if we have to. We'll see if we can get up on the roof to get the shot. And we got this whole thing planned out. We get there, and as soon as we walk onto the site, we realize there is about 50 different lines of power and phone and God knows what stretched right across that view that we couldn't Uh-oh. see from. Uh, we were using the Apple Maps app where you in 3D on the iOS, and you can spin around. None of that showed up in there. And so we got there and went, well, there goes that shot. We can't do yeah. it. Yeah. that's great yeah tools like that very very handy for sure very
0: handy for sure yeah absolutely
1: very handy all right and then I'm going to give you one more on iOS that is uh, is, I think your audience are going to love this one so obviously you're you're shooting a wedding you've shot the wedding, you need to send some kind of a thank you card or some recognition to the bride and groom. Uh, you might be doing, you might have your own letterpress cards that you sign and send off, whatever it may be, but there's an app called photo card. And I know there's several apps and services that do this, but photo card is, is something kind of special. Um, a photo card will allow you to send a postcard, but it's huge. It's five, five by no, it's bigger than that. It's like eight by nine inches or some huge, huge oh, wow. picture card. Okay. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. I don't have one in here with me They're They're in the other room. Um, But it's a a glossy, very nicely printed photography card like a postcard but a big huge mm-hmm. postcard and you can on the back it's it's like a regular postcard you can customize your message right whatever you want on there thank you so much for your business and you can include a photo in there and i know as a wedding photographer obviously you're not going to deliver your pictures the next day it takes time for you to deliver sure. those and the bride and yeah. they're chomping at the bit they want those pictures if you take one of your favorites or whatever take one one of your shots retouch it do what you're going to do to it and then put that on a photo card and mail it to them they're going to get something in their hands right away that is going to make them much happier to have a look. We've got a picture. We have something to show. Stick it on the fridge, whatever, and it's a it's a beautiful, beautiful quality print. And the guy behind it um, is one of the original developers of the Mac, and that's one of the really cool. Yeah, I mean, this goes way back. This that's guy, neat. it is it's it's very very cool. And so you, it's, his name is Bill Atkinson, and you get into. Uh, this, I mean, the TWIP episode was, it was a little long. Bill really, we got into a lot of details on there, but it's, yeah. he's such a legend. is such a, an interesting person to talk to and his passion for making super high quality images is it comes through on this and you totally understand what it is he's doing and he's cool. hand printing. Uh, hand looking at every single one of these and if an image needs adjusting he'll do it but if it comes from a a pro photographer he 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 doesn't touch it you know but right. it's it's pretty phenomenal what uh what they come out like
0: that's cool do you know roughly kind of price price point that's,
1: that's i think i want to say there are like a buck 50 each um you awesome. buy you Very buy reasonable. packs of stamps um you buy packs of of mailing capability whatever you call okay. it yeah. um yeah. it credits they call them credit you buy a pack of credits and okay. it's maybe um maybe it's one credit to send it uh domestically to they're based in the u.s so one credit to send oh. it domestically and three to send it internationally or something like that um, okay. but yeah it's totally reasonable i bought a, a Pack of a hundred credits or something, and and I try to use them whenever I travel. I try to use them to send back home, uh, send them to family when I'm on the road, so they can you know see where I'm at without you know obviously they're looking at Facebook too. But it's just cool to get that card in the mail. But yeah, good. if you're a client, to be able to send one to a client that way, it's a really really nice touch.
0: Very cool. Yeah, that's good. So instead of wish wish you were here, you can put glad I was there.
1: <laughs> there you go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Exactly. That's awesome. That's a good. One. Yeah, we we uh, another one we mentioned it's not a printed thing, but there's a service called Mail Lift. Um, and they do handwritten letters, mm. so you can, you you just email them what you want them to write, and they actually do a handwritten letter that they'll send then to your client. Wow! Um, yeah, That's... so if you want that little extra personal touch and you want to send a handwritten note, but you're like me, I have the worst handwriting. Right. It's like doc. It's like a doctor's prescription <laughs> handwriting. Um, <laughs> but these guys do really nice handwritten handwritten letters. So again, same, same similar kind of idea where you buy credits or whatever, and then you can send handwritten. Sure. Um, notes to, to clients like that. Super. But I like the idea of the, the postcard with the with the photo. Yeah. That's great.
1: Yeah, and like I said, it's a it's a huge card, so it makes a makes a big difference as well. Yeah. Um, cool. yeah, it's definitely bigger bigger than your eight and a quarter inch. I'm looking at my notes here. Eight and a quarter inch postcard. So eight by okay. something. It's it's big. Yeah. That's a
0: reasonable yeah. size.
1: That's it good. is. It is. It's quite large. Yeah. There so there you go. go.
0: Those are some very good apps. I think wedding photographers can definitely benefit from from all those apps, which are great. So yeah.
1: Yeah, and that was—I um I don't think that was episode ten. Twip's, Twip apps, episode ten. We talked episode about 10? that. It's, it's cool. a long one. Just pour yourself a glass of wine before you start watching that episode. Okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good.
0: So I'm going to ask you the hard-hitting question: If you could only have Uh-oh. one app on your on your phone, who would it be for photography,
1: specifically <clears> for <throat> photography? What would it be? One app on my phone. Yeah. Um, can I have Instagram just to share it, but sure. another app okay, for the you, you can
0: have Instagram to share it out. To share. Okay so, to I, I've,
1: okay. so I don't have to, I don't have to, uh, um, I don't have to give up the sharing capability. Um, it probably would be Prime. Prime? Uh, just yeah. because it's so, when I'm doing stuff on my phone, I don't want to be half an hour retouching on the phone. You know, I want something quick and easy. And the looks that are in there are just phenomenal. They're just gorgeous. Like I was saying earlier, I really, really like the way they look. So... Yeah. If I had to pick one, I would go with that. And that's, you know, it's a, it's a tough to get away from something like Snapseed where you have infinite control, but Mm -hmm. I, more and more, I just, I like to get that one quick look and get it out there when it comes to social media sharing. So. Yeah. yeah, that's
0: a big thing these days, right? Is it's you got it? People want it now. They want it. You know, and you're trying to as a wedding photographer, we're competing now with the guests and everybody that are there with their phones and their cameras. And right, you know, you've got even the you know the the higher end cameras nowadays are starting to have Wi-Fi and near field you know NFC capabilities, so they right. can get a great shot off their camera, get it on their phone, and get it on Instagram or wherever. And you might still be, you know, you know processing and downloading your cards, and they you know, right. photos are up already. So yeah, there's definitely yeah. that rush. To, you know, rush to do it and get it out yep. up there.
1: Yeah. And it's nice if you're going to, if you are going to do that, if you're going to, as the wedding photographer, if you're going to pull a picture off of your camera over Wi-Fi, NFC, whatever, and post it, whether you're posting it onto Instagram or you are just messaging it to the bride's parents or somebody, whatever, to be able to apply a look to it and not just have it be a straight out of camera shot. Yeah. It's uh, it's nice to be able to have something that you can just go real quick. And in prime, you can, of course you can mark favorites. So you come up with your few favorites that you know, as wedding photographer, you know, there's always going to be roughly the same type a shot and then you can save these favorites and go through those quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah Cool.
0: That's yeah, great. I like it. Yeah, awesome. Man. I'll have to check it out. Cause I'd heard about it and I just hadn't had a chance to get around to play with it too much. Again, these, these things are always coming out and changing and updating.
1: I know that's yeah, crazy, <laughs> but do uh, obviously when you get it, like I said, you get it for free and you get, um, you get uh, a handful of presets with it, but you know, drop the whatever $10 or something it is to get the whole batch of presets. I think it's, it's well worth it.
0: Yeah. yeah very cool. Yeah. Excellent. So where do you see things going? What are some of the, the apps that maybe are on the horizon that you're going to have on your show? Or where do you kind of see apps going? Do you see them going more towards this, like being really laser focused and good at one thing? Or do you see more of the Swiss Army knife style of it's, apps? It's a bit of both.
1: It really going? is a bit of both. Um, there are certainly a lot of developers working on this, just do a couple of things and do them really well. And I mm-hmm. definitely appreciate that. It's a, It's very good to be able to say we do this and we do it better than anybody else. That's our goal is to do this one thing. It's It's like a food cart mentality. You can go to a restaurant where they have 50 different dishes and they do them all reasonably well. Or you can go to a food cart where – they do one or two dishes. This is all they do, and they do it fantastically well. And I would rather go to the food cart and get that really, really good meal and pay less for it because you're mm-hmm. not paying for all the overhead that comes along with it, all the things that yeah. you don't need.
0: That's yeah. true. Yeah, sometimes you get more than you need, right? There's a whole bunch of tools in there that you just don't – you never use, but you have right. to pay for them, right? So, you have yeah. to pay
1: for it. Yeah, exactly. So there is – Absolutely, there's a big push for that. But at the same time, like I said earlier in the show, I am I know that there are at least three companies working on all encompassing photo asset management and adjustment tools to try and edge in on the Lightroom space and try to replace uh you know try to replace aperture for those who are still holding on for something to come along who don't want to go to Lightroom or Capture One or anything else that's out there. So there it's out there. Now that obviously requires a heck of a lot more resources than guy in a garage Mm -hmm. right you can be a developer in a garage and develop or in your bedroom whatever and develop a really cool app and get it out there and as a one person operation make a huge splash make a ton of money and make an incredible app Uh, but if you're going to do something like the next lightroom replacement you're going to need more than one person that's an entire development team that's huge so much bigger deal
0: the only thing constant is change right
1: there you go i'll take
0: that. Excellent. All right, well, those are some really good picks. Um like I say, we'll we'll link to all the things, all the apps that we talked about in this episode um, in the show notes for this episode. So make sure you go over and visit that if you want to learn more about any of these apps uh, and and sort of I'd imagine probably a lot of these apps have uh, they're either fairly inexpensive if they're mobile apps or they're you know they have demos or whatnot available.
1: Yeah, yeah, most of them are exactly like I said. They're either free with the add-ons. Something like Prime is free with the add-ons or they're you know a couple of bucks.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah! Awesome, good stuff. All right, well, let's uh, let's move on. We've got uh, we've got a listener question. So each week uh, we try to answer a listener question, and this week uh, we've got a question from Alan. And I know again, I know you're not a wedding photographer, but you're a photographer, so you might have some input <laughs> as far as as what Alan is looking for. But he's looking for a lens bag. Um, he shoots weddings uh, using a double uh, black rapid strap. Mm-hmm. uh with identical bodies but different lenses on each camera and he'd like to have a bag that's very kind of flat to the body but would allow him to carry he's looking to something that'll hold up to three lenses and some small accessories i'm guessing like a flash or something like that and he's hopefully looking for something that looks manly
1: so he's what <laughs> i don't know Anything with so, pink and lace? Yeah, not not pink <laughs> perfect, not yeah. pink and lace. Yeah. Not pink and lace.
0: So I guess he's he's asking what uh, what else we're using. So I'll I'll throw it to you first and then I've got a couple of suggestions on Actually,
1: I'm why don't you do it first? Because I've got an idea, but I gotta check the name on it. So okay, you go first and okay, I so will. So a couple that up.
0: things that come to mind um, would be the shoot sack. So that's uh, one that I've seen. It's kind of uh, like a neoprene type uh, bag. Um, I think they come in different sizes and you can get them in different colors and things. You can get them just a straight black one if you want something that's kind of inconspicuous and kind of neutral, I guess, if you will. But you can get, they make different covers and it's like a stretchy neoprene and you can, uh, you know, it's got room in there for at least two or three lenses um, and probably some accessories. So that's something called the shoot sack. Um, And then the other uh, product that I'm a really big uh, fan of, he mentioned he's got the double, he's got the Black Rapid straps. I really like the double straps from a company called Holdfast Gear. They make these really nice, um, they make them out of different materials, but I have the really nice leather ones. Uh, And uh, those can carry the cameras, but they also make a a series of bags that kind of work in conjunction with their system. And they have one that's called the Sightseer uh, lens bag. And it's like a lens pouch. I think it can hold about two or three lenses so it's not very large. Um, it kind of clips and connects to their strap system, but you can get it, I think, just by itself. Um, they're not an in, in inexpensive bag, but they're really nice-looking bags. Uh, they come in leather or like a oiled canvas, and and really, really nice, attractive-looking bags. And so they look, you know, good on a, a man or a woman. They're kind of universal, uh, but really, really nice, good quality. I've been really happy with my holdfast straps, and uh, so you can check out their stuff at Holdfast Gear. Uh, and they have a whole line of products on there. So those are a couple of suggestions that I'd have.
1: Very good. good. You, Joseph. What would you suggest? Oh, well, I did, I found, uh, I got the name together, what I wanted okay. I'm going to switch over and show off. Um, cool. Now, Alan didn't say, I'm assuming he's shooting an SLR,
0: but he might be shooting mirrorless, but I don't know if that Im- impacts your decision or your recommendation. Um,
1: it would actually, because this is definitely bigger gear and I was going to okay. bring up my screen, but for some reason that's not working. So I'm not going to do that. Um, that's right. But the the system that i I I'm going to talk about it. And this is something that I own that I used back when I shot with big heavy DSLRs and when I was doing more events, uh, and it's from Think Tank, and oh, Think yes. Tank has an entire belt system, where you can you can buy individual lens pouches, so they call them lens pouches, and then uh, obviously just depending on the size of the lens that you're going to put in, and each one is really designed to shoot uh, to carry a single lens, and I know that on the bigger ones. They even have zip-out extensions on the bottom. So if you wanted to buy one of the slightly longer ones that would carry, say, a 70 200 F4 Canon lens, but then occasionally you want to put a 70 200 which is a bigger lens in there, you could zip out the bottom. It kind of expands out and gets a little bit bigger. Now, these things can either attach to your existing belt, and you just stop them on your belt, or they have this whole belt system called... Uh, Let's see. There's belt system, camera belts. There's the pro speed belt, the thin skin belt, and then the steroid speed belt. So the speed belt (laughs) system is just a big heavy duty belt that you put on and then you clip all these things to it. And the bigger one has extra padding. It's super, super broad. And you can uh, clip some pretty heavy bags on there and uh, not really feel like it's weighing you down too much. (laughs) I a lot of
0: sports photographers or the guys at the Olympics with that stuff on, probably. Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. So these are – they're great because I remember when I was shooting with these things, it would allow you to um, – well, first of all, every bag's going to have a cinch closed top, right? So you open that up when you're out shooting. You need to get into it quickly. It has a flap that drops over it, and that flap can Velcro down to keep it secure, or the flaps have a little cover on them so you kind of re- – pull another flap over the velcro so that the velcro can't stick to itself it can't stick it doesn't close yep. so it's yep. just flopping around but it makes it super quick to just slip your hand in there but you still have it covered so if you're in you know inclement weather or whatever you've got something covering it so that the, the gear isn't exposed yep. but really quick and easy to get into and there's so even you're also
0: not making that <laughs> ripping noise. Exactly, that. you're not making the ripping <laughs> noise when you're opening the, the strap.
1: Moving. Yeah, super important. And I remember one of the bags that I have on there is actually a lens changing pouch. It's just an extra bag that's always open. That's on your you keep that you know pretty close to your front, and so that way it's it might be right over your thigh, but when you bend down it's not going to get in the way because it's it's empty and its whole purpose in life is a place to temporarily put a lens while you're swapping lenses hmm. so you take your lens off drop it into that pouch pull the lens out of your other bag and attach it to the body and then take the one out of this lens uh, temporary the changing pouch and drop it into the proper storage pouch and that cool. was yeah that was a really neat tool i really liked having that on there so yeah, yeah the speed, be speed belt system from uh, from think tank it's fantastic Cool. Yeah,
0: and I think I, when you mentioned the the system, I also think Peak Design also makes a, a series of like lens uh, little clips and things you can put on your belt just to, that'll hold the lens and for doing like fast lens changes and stuff. Right, like that. right. So there's yeah some stuff from Peak Design as well. So there's a lot of great different systems out there. So that there are. Hopefully, that gives Alan a few places to to look. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Of course, if uh, you've got a question for us, we want to hear from you and answer your questions. So just head on over to thisweekinphoto.com and uh, click on the contact us button to send us a question or a message. Uh, You can also send your questions by email, uh, twipwed at thisweekinphoto.com or Facebook is also a popular spot. A lot of people are asking questions on Facebook. So uh, join in the discussion there and uh, ask your questions there. We're going to take a quick break, and after the break, we are going to share our picks of the week. This episode of Twip Weddings is brought to you by FreshBooks. FreshBooks' all-new version of their cloud accounting software has been redesigned from the ground up and custom-built to transform how freelancers and small business owners deal with their day-to-day paperwork. I think we can probably all agree, as wedding photographers, that you know, accounting is one of, the, one of our least favorite activities, but uh, FreshBooks has created a super intuitive tool that makes it really easy to create and send professional-looking invoices in less than 30 seconds. Uh, there's no formatting, there's no formulas to worry about. Just really simple, clean and professional-looking. Um, you can add your own logo, color scheme, so that your invoices reflect your brand. And when you send out an invoice, FreshBooks can show you if your client has seen it. So no more excuses that the client never got the invoice. Um, You can set up online payments with just a few clicks and get paid up to four days faster. Uh, They're super, they've got a handy deposit feature. So it allows you to invoice for a payment upfront when you're kicking off a project. So if you're booking a shoot or booking a wedding and you want to take a retainer from a client, super easy. Uh, your clients are going to appreciate being able to pay by credit card right uh, right off the invoice, so it makes it nice and easy on clients. We've talked about customer experience. That's a great customer experience to deliver to your customers. Uh, FreshBooks also, uh, they've revealed uh, some other features to help keep you organized and streamline your, you know, the business side of things as a freelancer, a small business owner. Uh, they've got a redesigned dashboard in the new version, so it's designed to sort of curate and answer the most important question, how is my business doing? Just know at a glance, you know, what do you owe, what's overdue, uh, and whether you're in the red or in the black. Uh, the Notification Center works as your personal assistant, so it tells you kind of what's changed in your business since your last login, and what should be dealt with, like overdue invoices. Uh, FreshBook also automates late payment email reminders, so you can spend less time chasing clients down for money, which is always great. Uh, you can also take pictures of receipts on your phone using the FreshBooks iOS app. Uh, FreshBooks will also handle your time tracking, so when it comes, Time to create an invoice. You'll know what you did when you did it. So get ready uh, to experience the simplest way to be more productive and get organized. Most importantly, get paid quickly. So FreshBooks is offering a 30 day unrestricted free trial to our listeners. To claim it, just go to freshbooks.com weddings and enter weddings in the how did you hear about us section Start your free 30-day trial today. We thank FreshBooks for their support of Twip Weddings. All right. Well, before we bid adieu, we want to just give you a couple picks of the week. I know we've given a lot of picks with the, the different apps and stuff that we talked about this week, but um, we thought it would be good to stick with our regular format and give a, a pick for our audience. That can be uh, anything as long as it's somehow
1: photography related.
0: So, what uh, what can you suggest for us this week, Joseph?
1: All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take advantage of my my presence here and do a double pick. So part first one, just a quickie is my site, the photo for all kinds of photography, photo apps, education. Um, the, the, obviously the photo uh, the twip apps show ties into that as well. But on there, we have a ton of free content and we also have a monthly paid membership that gives you access to a lot more content as well. So um, please do go check that out. And just as a way to learn all about these different apps that are out there, get some whoop. tips with them and, uh, and so on. But the big tip, the big tip of the week is grab this thing over here so I can do this without unplugging it. So mm-hmm. this is for your higher end wedding uh, video shooters. And this is the Ninja Assassin from Atomos. And the Atomos Ninja Assassin is a... a both a media recorder, it records straight from your camera to SSD, and also a big, huge viewing monitor. So Mm. I use this thing on all video productions now. So I'm shooting with a GH4, you're shooting 4K with a GH4, and instead of shooting to the internal memory card, I shoot straight to the SSD that is on this, make sure it's not recording now, there we go, that's on this, so I can pull this SSD card out, and this one's a 480 gig, I've got 960 gig cards, pop that thing in there and I can record straight to ProRes so you get a higher quality image uh, uncompressed image straight to ProRes 422 10 bit if your camera supports it and uh, you get something that's way way better than what's coming out of the camera natively Mm. Yeah, plus with the big screen on there, it's much easier to check your focus, make mm-hmm. sure your exposure is accurate. So you've got focus peaking built into it. You've got waveforms that you can turn on on here so you can monitor your exposure. Other than just looking at the image on the screen, you actually get this visual feedback. So you know that you're focused. You know that your exposure is spot on. Yeah. And uh, and obviously it's a much bigger screen than just looking at the tiny LCD on the back of your camera. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you're a serious video shooter, this is, uh, this is the toy to have for sure. The Atomos Ninja Assassin. Plus, it's got the greatest name of a product ever. It totally
0: does the Ninja <laughs> Assassin, and it's like bright red, so that's pretty. That's
1: pretty. Yeah, cool. the bright red is actually <laughs> a, a rubber sheath over like it, a little rubber yep. Pre- bumper. Yep. Um, yeah. And they, they're the big brother to this is called the Shogun that has extra inputs on it, and um, and that I think that sheath is yellow, so pretty cool that's tools. Very cool. Yeah. Right.
0: What's one of those run rough?
1: So the Ninja thing? is a thousand dollars. And okay. it used to be 1300 um, uh, thirteen or 1400 and it dropped down to 1000 And I was just looking at their website because I know there's some new stuff that's coming. And I was looking at their website, and it says on the Ninja Assassin, wall supplies last, which surprised me. So I don't know if there's a whole new Ninja Assassin coming or mm-hmm. if they're just pushing people towards the Shogun line, which would surprise me because the Shogun's twice the price. That's $2,000. And mm-hmm. the Shogun gives you extra inputs. This has HDMI inputs. The Shogun has... Um, uh, SDI and XLR inputs. And the whole reason they came out with the Ninja was because a lot of users didn't need XLR and SDI. And by taking those off, they could reduce the cost dramatically. So cut mm-hmm. down to in half. Mm-hmm. The new Shogun, I know, has some other new features, like an extremely, extremely bright screen. So you can see it quite well in full daylight. This guy, if you're working in daylight, you have to cover it or you're just not going to be able to, to see it enough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I don't – I was really surprised to see that on the website. So, again, I don't know if that means that there's a new Ninja Assassin coming out, if they're killing the line or what the deal is. But uh, it's – you know, even if it's getting replaced, this is an incredible product. Like it captures full 4K uh, on this thing, or UHD, Ultra HD. So double yeah. HD resolution straight to ProRes and uh, off you go.
0: That's fantastic. That's great. Maybe they're coming out with the Ninja Hitman or something. There you go. <laughs> nice. yeah. Awesome. Very good pick. So, yeah, for the video shooters out there. And we uh, just we had an episode we had Rob Adams on uh, talking about wedding videography. And so uh, I know we've got uh, some video shooters listening to the show. So definitely worth checking out if you're shooting videos. Awesome. Well, I'm going to cheat this week. My my pick is actually your, uh, your show, the Twip Apps uh, <laughs> podcast. Good, man. On, Good on man. the Chief network. Yeah, cheap Jeep plug. Uh, that's all right. Um, it's a great show. Um, it's it's how I'm kind of keeping up with what's going on with apps because there's. I mean, again, there's just so many of them coming out, right? And and keeping track of what's the latest and greatest and what's new and what's out there is it's hard, right? So it's yeah. great that we have a resource like like yourself, kind of doing that groundwork for us and keeping us up to date with these apps so awesome well thank sure you to check out both available as an audio and a and a video podcast but primarily you'd recommend viewing it as a video yeah
1: actually it's currently it's video, we're, oh, we're, it's video only we're okay. yeah for now we're we have we have record we have um uh output audio versions of the show yeah. to go out as an audio podcast But we don't have that feed set up yet so hopefully that'll okay. happen soon but yeah it really is a video show that way you get to see the apps themselves right. and see them in action
0: yeah, A little yeah. hard to listen to an app being shown on a screen.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the idea behind the the audio one, once we get that up and running, is if you, you're you downloading them automatically to your iPhone, they take up less space. Obviously, you can listen mm-hmm. to it in the car and you might want to listen to the whole thing and then go back and go, I just want to see that part of it. Or you yeah. start to listen, you go, oh, this is when I, I really want to see this. Yeah. So I'm going to stop listening to the audio and I'll grab the video one and watch that later. So, yeah. you know, different yeah. options. Just trying to give give listeners and viewers options.
0: Absolutely, Options are always good. Fantastic. Well, that brings us, sadly, to the end of another episode of Twip Weddings. We had a a great conversation today, so it was great having you on the show. Uh, Definitely want to have you back on again because you're a wealth of knowledge. Well, thank you. So, so of course, if you're listening uh, to the show on our website, uh, click on the subscribe to the show. uh, You can click on the button using the box on the right to subscribe. Uh, You can also sign up for our email list uh, to be notified of new episodes and get exclusive subscriber bonuses. And if you have feedback, suggestions, comments, complaints, anything like that about the show, um, you can reach us directly. Uh, just use our contact form, click on the Contact Us button and choose Twip Weddings, and uh, we will get that message. So before we say goodbye, uh, where what have you got coming up and, and where can people go if they want to learn more about Joseph?
1: Well the place to go, Photo Joseph is uh, is universal. You can find Photo Joseph on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and the webpage and everything else. So Photo Joseph is the the easy one to find me. Of course, Burke. the photoapps.expert for all of that stuff and TwipApps.com for the TwipApps podcast. And as far as what's coming up, um, just uh i just like i said just got back from san francisco on our production so over the next couple of weeks we got to wrap that up get that edited and, and out to the client but um other than that there's a lot of little stuff happening here and i'm glad to be home for a while i don't actually don't have another trip planned until adobe max uh don't know if i'm going out to photo plus expo new york yet or not but uh, adobe max is on the list and that's a great event i'm looking forward to going out to that one
0: yeah, is that october
1: november this year
0: november okay so this this show will go out. we record a little bit in advance so this show will actually go out before, probably before that so you can check out Adobe Max. Uh, Super. That's all about everything Adobe, right?
1: It is. It's a great show. Yeah. A great event. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. I haven't been to that one before, but uh, mm. maybe one maybe one year. There you go. One day. Very good. Excellent. And
0: if you're looking for uh, for myself or Brian or for Robert, who weren't, weren't with us today, but they'll uh, they'll be back in the next show, uh, of course, you can find me and my website at momentsindigital.com. And if you're looking for me on the social medias, I'm at Bruce Clark, uh, Clark with an E at the end is where you'll find me. And sh- most of the usual networks, uh, except for Snapchat, there was already somebody else with my name. So <laughs> I'm Bruce Clark too, if you want to follow me on Snapchat and see you know, mundane daily things of my life, like my dog mostly. <laughs> so, yeah. Excellent. And of course, uh, if you want to, to you know, uh, see the show notes and everything uh, for this show, be sure to visit our website at thisweekinphoto.com for this show and all the other great shows that are part of the TWIP network. And I want to thank uh, you again for listening to trip Weddings, Raising the Bar One Wedding at a Time.